Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. I want to speak today from the book of Romans, uh, chapter 11, but I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you today on this. He's big enough for both. Say it. He's big enough for both. You believe God is? He's big enough. He's big enough. As a subtitle today, I'm going to talk to you on a, on a subject that I'm going to explain to you. Many of you understand it already, but I'm going to talk today on this subject, dumb dichotomies. I'm going to speak on dumb dichotomies today. That's what I'm going to talk about. But everybody say, he's big enough for both. Amen. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 through 36 says, All the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Everybody say amen. 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 Everybody say he's big enough, he's big enough. For, both. for both. I'm going to speak on dumb dichotomies today and you may be seated thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord thank you Randy dichotomy is simply described as a division into two mutually exclusive and opposed or contradictory groups in other words one does not fit the other they are separated and they can never be joined together that's what a dichotomy is now a dumb dichotomy on the other hand, it's when we try to think, take things that are actually coexistent and concurrent with God and with the Word, and we try to make these things mutually exclusive. In other words, we, with our own thinking, try to separate what God is trying to put together in the Word. And we can do that. There are sometimes, folks, in the Word of God, when God draws a line between things. We call these divine dichotomies, where God says, here is the line. Here is right, here is wrong. Here is good, here is bad. Here is light, here is darkness. Now I want you to choose. It's a either or. And sometimes with God, it is either or. Here are some examples, day and night. Here's some examples, black and white. One would be, here's a, here's, a, here's a divine dichotomy, choose life or choose death. That's a divine dichotomy. That's what you have to do. Life means eternity with God. Say amen. amen. Death means eternity from God. It's either heaven or hell. It's not both. It's saved or lost. It's not both. It's either or. That's divine dichotomies. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19, the Lord says, This day I call heaven and earth witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, 
blessings and cursings. He said, now choose life that you and your children may live. Say amen to that. Okay, here's another divine dichotomy, all right? Either one God or many gods. That's a, that's a divine dichotomy. Will you worship the God of the Bible, who we call the big G God, revealed to us by Jesus Christ, or the many little g gods, idols, that we run around and give our allegiance to? See, Elijah had that problem on top of Mount Carmel when he ran into 850 prophets of the grove and Baal. Because they had their gods, plural, and he had a god, singular. And Elijah said, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And so the prophets of Baal and the groves went first, and they tried all morning to bring fire down. And Elijah started making fun of them. He said, perhaps your God's on vacation. Perhaps he went to the restroom and hadn't come back yet. Perhaps he's too far away to hear you. And finally in 1 Kings chapter 18, he said, how long will you waver? Between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And in 63 words, he prayed a prayer. And the fire came down from heaven and licked up the sacrifice and all the water that was in the ditches. Because there is only one God who answers by fire. And it's a divine dichotomy. Do you serve one God or will you serve many gods? Here's another divine dichotomy. Here's another one. You're going to serve God, you're going to serve money. That's a divine dichotomy. God sets that. It's not and, it's or. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Say it with me. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. One cannot serve both God and Money. Either God will be your trusted source or you will put your faith in your resources. You have to give in order to worship God. God has to be first in your finances. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. You know why God wants to give you wealth so you can bless his kingdom. You know why God wants to bless you with wealth? So you can bless his kingdom. And I'm telling you, you can't serve God and money. You're going to have to serve one or the other. That's a divine dichotomy. It's either or. Here's another one. You're going to live by the spirit or live by the flesh. Amen. Galatians says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you'll not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. You understand that? You've got to walk in the spirit. In fact, one writer said, how is it that you started in the spirit and you're trying to finish in the flesh? You can't finish this walk in the spirit and the flesh. It's a divine dichotomy. They're mutually exclusive. They will never come together. You've got to have one or the other in your life. Everybody say, I want to walk in the Spirit. Amen? And then here's probably one of the most divine dichotomies we all have to address right now. Put it up there right now. Here's one of the most awesome ones right there. 
Are you a lefty or a righty? Are you a hook'em or a gig'em? Ne'er the twain shall meet. It never will be University of Texas and the University of Texas A&M. Never. It will be UTR Texas A&M. Come on, somebody laugh. Get yourself. <laughs> You're too serious this morning. It's, it's that time. It's either Brown or Sumlin. It's either Johnny Football or what's that kid we got quarterback in here? What's his name? But sometimes God draws a line. Sometimes we want to draw a line where there is no line. And I want to spend the rest of my time right there. Now, I'm not speaking about divine dichotomies where God draws a line, but dumb dichotomies where preachers do damage by presenting a distinction or a line where really there needs to be an acknowledgement that God is big enough for both. Oh, I want to preach today. I'm going to have some fun today. Sometimes it's either or, and sometimes it's an and. And I don't want us to make something either or that God has joined together in the Bible. For whatsoever God has joined together... Let no man, no preacher, no saint put asunder. Because God Almighty wants you to have some ands in your life. He's put some things together. And he wants you to understand that he's big enough to handle both of them in your life. I know. When my girls were little, I, I, used, to, I used to play games with them like, do you want to be tickled by daddy or hugged by daddy? Well, they knew sometimes my hugs were stifling. And they loved to be tickled, but they couldn't, they couldn't, they just couldn't take it. So it was it was either or with them. And they never said both. And one of them would say, I want to be tickled, but barely. I want to be hugged, but light. I asked them this one time, you'd rather go to church or Disney World? We'd just gone to Disney World. And they said, they knew they better answer it right. They said, church, then Disney World. You want to go to the game with dad or stay at home with mom? And they'd look at me and look at her. And Patty would try to look sad and I'd try to look glad because I didn't have enough tickets. (laughs) Whatever you think, dad. We got a little grandson now that'll be three years old in October. His name's Windsor. Anybody ever met him? And Windsor has been asked by Bo and Sweet Pea, that's me and my wife, just so you'll know. Bo and Sweet Pea, we, says, we say to him, whose boy are you? And when he's looking at my wife, he says, I'm Bo's boy. And when he's looking at me, he says, I'm Sweet Pea's boy. The boy already knows how to play the game. I used to ask the girls, who do you love the most, mom or dad? Don't do that to your kids. This is before I learned how to parent. Who do you love the most, mom or dad? And I remember sometimes, especially Caitlin, when she was kind of small, she'd kind of look around and see if her mama was there before she answered. But she'd always come back with, 
I love both of you. And then I would hug her and I'd say, that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear you say I love both because I believe today that I'm preaching about a God that is big enough for both. I think there's a God today that I'm talking about that's big enough to do anything you ask him to do. If you need salvation, he's big enough for that. If you need healing, he's big enough for that. If you need deliverance, he's big enough for that. If you need something happening in your family, he's big enough for that. I'm telling you, I'm preaching about a God today that's big enough for both. He don't have to put an oar. He can put an and in your life. Say amen. amen. So, I, so people ask questions like this all the time. Where does your church stand on? Okay, that's the question you get. It's an honest question. But sometimes it's a dumb dichotomy. I want to bring some things to you today and let you know that our God is bigger than our thinking. And he's able to handle both situations. The Bible said in John 1.14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's not an R, it's an and. And people put an R there. Because some people say there needs to be more grace in the church. But Jesus is bigger than that. And some people say it's all about grace. It's all about grace. It's all about grace. But I'm telling you, God's full of truth also. And it's not half and half. It's whole and whole because he's all God and he's all man. Jesus Christ came to give grace and truth. Some say you don't preach the truth, Pastor Johnson. Why do, I, why do you say that? Because I don't beat people down in this pulpit so you don't preach truth. Thank you, sister. I appreciate that. I don't beat people up. I admit there's some pagans in this house. That's the truth. But Jesus has an and to accommodate all the lost in the house today. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. I will not put an R where God puts an and. I know there's some people lost, but there's a Savior here. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And sinners plunge beneath that flood and lose all their guilt and shame. So, here's some Here's some dumb dichotomies. Should I make plans or should I trust God? That's a dumb dichotomy. You don't need to put an R there. Proverbs 16 and 9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Woo, hallelujah. A man must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Don't pray, God, let me just make my mortgage. Make a budget and bring honor to him. Plans and trust. Plans and trust. Plans and trust. Plans and trust. Here's another dumb dichotomy. Is God sovereign or do we have free will? Oh, I'm preaching today, aren't I? Is God sovereign or do we have free will? If you're on one side or the other of that situation, you're in a ditch on either side. You're in a ditch. It doesn't matter what side you're on. If these are, is, if there is an R there, then you're in a ditch. Romans 8, 28 says, all things, say all things, things. work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Everybody say all things. 
Oh, I could preach right now. Not some things, not a few things, but all things work together. Everything works together for good to those that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. God chose us before the foundation of the world. But he also says to us that we should choose. Choose you this day whom you will serve. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. We're saved by grace through faith. There's an obedience of faith required for grace to have its effect on our life. God has given us a choice in life. But he's also sovereign. So it's not a dichotomy, a divine dichotomy where God separates it. God's big enough for both. He can be sovereign in your life. And he can also say, choose me. Would you please choose and let your heart come to where I am today. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we are God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Who prepared it? God. Who does it? Us. Both. When a God does both, we don't like that sometimes. Because we don't many times want to serve him. We want to be him. You know, preachers get up sometime and make horrible applications. I know I'm preaching some stuff here today that you're going to have to grasp a little bit later sometime, but I'm, I'm talking to you right now. Preachers get up and make horrible applications. It sounds good, but it's not good preaching. If it's not good life application, then we don't need to preach it. They say stuff. It's not about A. It's all about B. Okay. Like for this, this for example. Don't put it up yet. It's not about how many people you baptize or get to come to church or Christ. Now, I don't care what you say after that. Anything you say after that is dumb. It's dumb. It's not all about how many people you baptize or get to come to Christ. It's all about how deep those people grow in their faith. And that's what people say. That's been said about CLC often. Hard to get people to celebrate with us when we have numbers of baptized people in this place. Over 700 have gone down in the water in the last two years in this church. And it's hard to get people to, to get excited about that because a lot of people are coming to Christ, but are they going deeper, Pastor? So here's, a dumb, here's another dumb dichotomy. Is it all about reaching people or is it about going deeper? That's a dumb dichotomy. You know what? It's both. Oh, I'm going to preach right now. You ready? Hear me. There's nothing deeper for a church to do than to reach people lost and on their way to hell. There's nothing deeper that a child of God can do than to share his faith and snatch someone from the flames of hell. There's nothing deeper that a church can do than put our preferences aside and not worry about color and not worry about race and not worry about class and go far and reach the lost of the lost and save them for Jesus Christ. It's not either or, it's an and. Bringing people to the Lord is going deeper in God. Ah. Somebody shout both. Somebody shout both. Reaching out, loving people is going deep. He said, you'll know them by their fruit. When they have love, one to another. It's a dumb dichotomy. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Everybody say, make disciples, make disciples. 
and baptize. Go deep and reach. It's not an R. It's an and. God's big enough for both. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm going to go join a church that's going deep. Mm. Mm. Oh, I like that stuff. I like that. I like people prophesying to one another. Yeah, there's 14 at church. But we prophesy to one another. We hold each other up. I like that deep going. Let me tell you how deep you need to go. You need to go tell your neighbor Jesus loves them. I want to tell you how deep you need to go. You don't need to become a prophet or a prophetess. You need to stand up and say, Jesus loves you. And I've got a church you need to go to because God wants to save you. I've got a pastor that will baptize you. You need to get your life turned around because God's big enough for both. You can go deep by winning people to God. Am I preaching to you today? Mm. Parking lot out there. I, I, I drove up today and Tina had me a cup of coffee. My lands. The parking lot ministry makes you feel good before you ever come into church. That ain't deep. Yes, that is deep. Yes, that is deep. Come on. That is deep. That is deep. That is deep. Sunday school next door is teaching your kids right now. Oh, yeah, but they're just flannel graphing them and they're just praising with them. And all. That's deep. They're spending their time. They're spending their energy. They're spending hours on hours this week preparing to tell your kids Jesus loves them. That's as deep as you want to go in God. You hear me? That's taking the message of truth to somebody that needs to hear the message. Choir sang this morning. You know, you know, you know what kind of, do you, do you realize what it takes to put a choir like this together every week and you see it's always full, it's always packed, it's always ready to go? You know why? Because it's called going deep, but it's also winning the lost. It's either or, no, it's an and, it's an and, it's reaching people. The church, worshiping a savior, musicians making music, volunteers giving hundreds of hours each week to see people saved. I had a pastor call me recently. He's a spirit-filled pastor. Never has been able to get his church going, never been able to. And he said, you know, I could grow a church if I did it like you. You're too shallow. I said, really? That's good. Thank you for that compliment. I appreciate it. He said, you don't really have that kind of crowd down there. He said, you've got about four or 500 people that come three times on Sunday. That's all you have. You count them every service. I said, boy, they're deep then, aren't they? If they want to come hear me three times on Sunday, they're pretty deep. Then he called himself. He said, well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You're just recycling people. That's what it's about. That hurt a little bit. I went off. And what I told him is not fit for your ears. So I won't share that this morning. But the cleft note version was, I have more people volunteering weekly to get people blessed than you can count on Sunday. Grow a church and call me back when you get deep. Come on, clap your hands. I believe in that. I think everybody ought to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think everybody ought to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's as deep as we can go. Somebody help me preach today. Everybody needs Jesus. So the church is deep and it's growing both. Don't try to pin me down. Is your church deep or is it growing? It's both. 
God's big enough for both. God's big enough for both. It's an and. It's not an or. Here's another dumb dichotomy. Should we honor God or people? How do you do one without the other? I can't figure it out. How does building people up somehow bring God down? How do making people feel good? I thought in Genesis 1 and 26, we were created in his image, in the image of God. I'm just simple enough to think that I can honor God by honoring what he has created. Oh, by placing value on what he calls very good. A lot of preachers want to bring people down. Words like, you're a low, rotten sinner. Now, that's true. There are some people like that. But I'm also a holy, blameless saint because God has redeemed me and given me his spirit so I can do both. I can honor God and I can honor people because you have been brought in from the trespassing ways of life and God has given you a brand new start and set your foot on a rock and established your going and said no more of that. Now you're going to live for me. I believe that Jesus still changes people's lives now. I believe that. I believe that. You know, sometimes I get tired bragging on people because I, I'm a compliment. I brag on people. I love to brag. I love to brag on people. I love when I go preach out, I brag on y'all like y'all are the New Jerusalem church. <laughs> I was at a camp meeting one year and I was a night speaker and there was a daytime Bible teacher and all he did was criticize and talk bad about his church. And just absolutely, I said, I said, you know what I think I'm going to do? I got up that now. You know what I think I'm going to think I'm going to buy the tapes of this man's messages and I'm going to blackmail him, threaten him to send him to his people so he'll build me a new church so I can brag on people more. They laughed. You didn't, but I said that. It's not the will of God for people to come to church and get insulted. It's the will of God for people to come to church and feel better about their God and about the church and about their fellowship and about the presence of God. Do you believe that? If this was the last sermon I was ever going to preach, it's what I'd want to preach, folks, because it's not an either or. It's an and. You can honor God and you can honor people. Sometimes I get kind of tired of encouraging people, though they sing a good song or teach a great lesson or do a wonderful job in voluntary work. And I'll say, wow, great job. That was so awesome. And Oh, it wasn't me, Pastor. It was Almighty God. God gets all the glory. Nothing I've ever done. I'm nothing without him. I'm nothing. Shut up. Kind of remind, I'm sorry to say that, but it kind, of, it kind of reminds me of that old rancher, you know, was working on the fence one day, and an old boy drove by and said, wow, you and God, uh, no, said, you and God sure have a pretty place here. And the old rancher looked up and said, you ought to have seen it when God had it by himself. <laughs> I want to thank God for every person that ever encourages anybody in this church. I want to thank God for everybody that ever sings in this church and tells somebody Jesus loves them. I want to thank God for every time you come to the house of the Lord. I want to thank you because you're a people that love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to thank you for every time you've walked up and blessed me and said thank you for preaching to us, Pastor. I want to brag on you. I want to tell you you've got good families. You've got good kids. God's got us on our way to heaven, and the journey's getting better every day. Come on. Somebody help me preach right now. It's all right to brag. It's all right to boast. 
It's all right to say God is good to his people. Amen. I want your kids to get scholarships. I want your kids to have scholastic ability. I want everybody to make A's. I want everybody to make a million dollars. I want you to be blessed abundantly. That's God's way. You need somebody to tell you you matter in this life because you really do. Come on, clap your hands. That's good preaching. That's good preaching. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I don't want to compliment you and blow up your head real big. But I enjoyed your sermon today. You know, if you think that way, you think I have a head and need a head reduction after that. I'd rather you not even say anything. If I can't take a compliment and keep my head about me, I'm not a good preacher. I'm, I'm not a good person. I'm an egotistical, pharisaical, mummy, narcissistic, personified loser. That's what I am. And I'm telling you, if somebody comes by and passes a compliment to you, say thank you very much. And understand that you're God's creation. Because we're honoring God when we're complimenting one another. Come on, compliment somebody right now. Look at your wife and say you look nice today. Look at your friend beside you and say, I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord today. Come on, honor somebody right now. Show some honor. Show some honor right now. It's amazing what honor will do in the house of God. It's divine. It's divine. You should never leave this church without complimenting the choir, somebody in the choir, complimenting the preacher, complimenting the Sunday school teacher, complimenting the, somebody who works out there on the parking lot, the parking team, somebody that ushers and takes care of you, somebody that takes care of the people that don't want to come to church but want to tear a church up. We need to honor one another. Say amen to that. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Well, I'm preaching today. You don't have to bring people down to lift Jesus. You can honor God and it will flow to everyone around us. Because you know what? God honors people. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 said, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. It's all about God, preacher, in my world. It's not all about people. Well, then you missed it because God's about people. For God so loved the world that he gave what it's about great potential in people great goodness in God here's another dumb dichotomy does God want me to make me successful or make me humble both he wants you to have a humility in your success but he wants you to be successful James 4 and 10 said humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up say amen to that God told Joshua, meditate on my word all the time that I may make you successful wherever you go. Is it success, pastor, or humility? It's a type of humility that leads to godly success. It's both. Here's another one. Is God always good or does he allow us to suffer sometime? Amen. That's a dumb dichotomy because he's always good. And he does allow us to suffer sometime. But it's in the fellowship of his suffering that we attain the power of his resurrection. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. And here's the last one I want to preach today. Should we give our money away? Or should we enjoy God's blessings for ourselves? That's a dumb dichotomy. Because you can't give it away enough. That he won't start blessing you back on the other side. 
Should we give it away or should we enjoy the blessings of God? See, God loves me. And the reason I know it because he let me get a faster, bigger car. He let me get a bigger house. I got nicer clothes. I got great bling right now. So I know God loves me. I got better hair than I've ever had in my life because God loves me. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. God is big enough. God's big enough to do both in your life. He's big enough. If you'll honor him with your wealth, if you'll honor him with your tithe and offering, if you'll honor him, he will make you so successful in life because that's what God wants to do. He actually is saying this. He's actually saying this. You can have your cake and eat it too. By the way, I got pictures here. Throw the first picture up of my grandson. This was, this was when Windsor was a year old. Look at him, no shirt. My God, he has no standards at all. <laughs> my mother would never let me come to the table with no shirt. Put a shirt on, son, if you go come to the table. But look at him, he's starting to eat his cake. That's his one-year-old cake. It looks like a turtle, doesn't it? It looks like a little turtle. He's about to eat that cake. All right, go to, go to this next picture. Now he's digging in it, but he's having to have help because he's a, he's a germaphobe already. He's pitiful. The boy's pitiful. He's germaphobe. He don't want to get his hands dirty, but he's going to eat that cake. Go ahead and show another one here. And now, look, he's tore it up a little bit on the inside, and he's got his hands all dirty. But now that's him eating. But watch this. Now watch what's behind him here. Next picture. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He didn't eat it all, did he? There was some left. When he got through eating his, there was some left. So what God is saying is you can have your cake and you can eat it too. God is saying just as that boy dove into that birthday cake, when he got through eating, there was a whole bunch more on the table he could imbibe in. There's a whole bunch more he could take advantage of. And that's what God wants you to understand. When you give to the cause of God, you can't never outgive God. Can I get a witness from the congregation? Amen. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Can I just get honest with you? Can I get honest with you? Less than 40% tithe at Christian Life Church. Less than 40% tithe at Christian Life Church. Can I tell you, you're missing the blessing of your life? You're really missing the blessing of your life? Well, I don't want to give to that church because I know how churches handle money. Let me tell you something. This is not an ordinary church. This church has done a whole lot on a whole little but I'm telling you right now, if you start giving what God wants you to give, we could do things in the kingdom that would blow your mind. I'm telling you, God wants you to, be, to give to him, but he also wants to bless you and make you successful. He wants you to understand that you can have all you want because God's able to take your tenth and give you back 90% and bless that 90% like you've ever imagined in all your life. Why don't you trust God? Why don't you believe God? Why don't you take the plunge and say, you know what? I'm going to start giving to God because God not only wants me to bless him, he wants me to be successful and enjoy my money myself. That's what you do when you give to the cause of God. Amen. Amen. Why don't you trust God? Why don't you understand that God can do great things? He's big enough for both because that's the kind of God we serve here today. Joshua. Joshua. Standing near Jericho and he looks up and he sees a man standing there and it's on the screen. I'm not going to read it. And this man's got a sword in his hand and Joshua looks at him and he says, 
whose side are you on? Are you for us or for the enemy? And the man says, neither. I'm not for either. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. I have come to serve. And Joshua fell face down on the ground and gave him reverence and said, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the army of the Lord said, take off your sandals for the place you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Here's what I want to tell you. I am tired of trying to minimize the majesty of God. I'm tired of trying to bring him down into our, into our midst by minimizing him. And I'm tired, I'm really tired of having a telescopic view of him because he's bigger than what my telescope can tell me he is. God's a massive God. But here's what he wants me to do. He wants me to humble myself in his presence. And when I humble myself in his presence, there's not a city that we can't take. There's not a country we can't establish. There's not orphanages we can't build. There's not missionary things that we can't do. There's not things that can't be accomplished because God's bigger than what we could ever imagine. He's big enough for anything that you can ever think or hope for in your life and in your mind. He's bigger than that. Come on, he's bigger than that. Come on, he's bigger than that. God is big enough to do both. That's why David said, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Everybody say he's Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and the end. He's the first and the last, which was and is and is to come. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah and the Lamb of God. He's full of grace and truth. He's great and good. He fills the heavens and the earth. He's the author and the finisher. He's the resurrection and the life. He's high and lifted up. He's high and lowly. He's a friend of sinners and saints. He's kind and merciful. He's compassionate and forgiving. He is God Almighty, and he's big enough for both. You don't have to have an either or with God. You can have an and in his presence. And anything that you desire, God is big enough to give you your heart's desire if you know how to humbly submit yourself in his presence. So here's what I want to tell you today in closing. I don't want us to live as a church with dichotomies that separate and try to separate things that God has joined together. I want us to live on the divine dichotomies that God has established in our life, that we either choose him or we choose Baal. We want to live or we want to die. We want to worship or we want to go away. I want us to live on those divine dichotomies, but I don't want us to be a church that has to question everything, that has to say, is this an either-or situation? It's not. When God is big enough, he can do anything you ask him to do because that's the kind of God we serve. Would you stand up right now? Would you stand to your feet and lift your hands and say, God, I want you to take the R's out of my life, and I want you to put some ands in my life because you're big enough to do anything that I ask you to do. You're able to do exceeding abundantly above that. I'm able to ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. You're big enough. You're awesome enough. You're mighty enough. You're great enough. You're big enough for both. You're big enough for both. And so when God says what I have put together, don't make them mutually exclusive. Don't you divide them. Don't you divide them. Don't you divide them. Don't you divide them. Don't walk away from here saying, you know what? God's not big enough to bless me. He's big enough to bless them, but he's not big enough to bless me. Yes, he is. 
Don't walk out of here today saying, God's not great enough to save me. I'm a big-time sinner. Yes, he is. Don't walk out here and say, God can heal others, but he can't heal my problems. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He's big enough for everybody in this house here today. Come on, don't minimize him. Don't put a telescope on him. Say, I'm going to humble myself in your presence. I'm going to walk out of here today saying, my God is able and he's big enough to do anything in my life. Anything in my life. Anything in my life. Come on, worship him right now. 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 He is able. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.